Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. Hi, Four Center friends. Welcome to another special edition of Spotlight Star Wars. 
Episode 138 in a continuing series, and we have another interview I'm presenting to you in just a moment. I have the hindsight of having already conducted the interview, so I have seen into the future and know what you are about to get. We're going to be sitting down with Adam Witt, part of the Movie Guys podcast, movie pundit team, organization. They've been a lot of things over the years, but they're all very funny, all very talented. Adam and Paul Preston kind of leading that ship over there. Adam and I, as we discussed in the inter- interview, um, I've known each other for a while. We recently just got to spend more time around each other, thanks to the movie trivia schmodown, specifically the Star Wars division. I don't talk about the schmodown much here, but uh, that's one of the big positives of being involved in that crazy, often silly show is the friendships and connections you can make within it. And Adam and I are, are, are getting closer, and it's been a joy because at the center of it is a shared love of Star Wars. So we did that thing, that thing you do, especially out here in L.A., but let's be honest, around the world. You connect with someone, you have a good conversation, and you say, hey, let's 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 podcast. Why don't you come on my show? I'll, I'll go on your show. Can I go on your live stream? Yeah, it's just the way of it. And you know what? And, and God bless it. Glad it is, because that's part of why we love doing Force Center, Joseph, Jennifer, and I, and why podcasting is so powerful and still, believe it or not, still growing. <laughs> you still see articles of this new trend called podcasting. It might be around a bit. And I think because it is like radio before it, that intimate connection, communication, shared joys, shared dis- displeasures, shared fears, uh, shared insecurities, and again, just shared experiences that can connect over time and place. And Adam and I get to do that here in this interview. And I'll say this. We wanted specifically to talk about Solo. We both love Solo. A lot of you listening love Solo. Some of you might not. But I implore you to listen because we do talk about that a lot. But we started somewhere and we ended up going somewhere. Kind of like Solo. No real plan. Just jump in the ship and start flying. And it was a real fun interview. And for Force Center, I'll say, you know, we we try to... uh, Approach Star Wars from a certain point of view. But over the last year, I have consistently and constantly found myself a little frustrated. Not with, quote-unquote, the fandom. Not with uh, Star Wars or anything around it. But just the way films are discussed. The way the way joy is often taken from you. Even if it's unintentional by other people. So we get into some conversations about that. But in that, Adam and I speak strongly. And sometimes here in Force Center, we try to really hard. We really try to keep an even hand in discussing Star Wars, even though we fall down clearly on certain sides of the Star Wars conversation. But it was kind of therapeutic for Adam and I to just talk almost as if we did and did do in a bar in Hollywood earlier in this year. No mics, no cameras then, just us talking about Star Wars and sharing some thoughts and opinions and even some frustrations get to do that here so i am so excited to present that to you all here in a moment thank you again for supporting force center and listening and going along with us on our journey Uh, as always this podcast is brought to you by audible if you want to try a free audiobook on us go to audibletrial.com slash force center get yourself a free audiobook like say uh you want to uh dive into solo the novelization by merle lafferty Uh, there it's there for you to do and do it on us get a free audiobook and support the show. Uh, we also can be followed on Twitter 
at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to join this conversation or to ask questions specific to Spotlight Star Wars, a specialty show here on the Force Center podcast feed. So without further ado, we are going to take a quick break, reset, and on the other side, me, Adam Witt, and the journey of being intellectually curious about Star Wars. Stick around. This is Spotlight Star Wars, here on Force Center. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Four Center friends. Make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget, Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you, and more shows on the way. It's Four Center on YouTube. Check it out. Spotlight Star Wars fans, welcome back to Four Center, one uh, part of the movie guys, uh, the great uh, comedy movie pundit team out there. Paul Preston was on here recently, but we have him by ourselves, by himself, just for us. We're selfish today. It's Adam Witt. Adam, welcome back to the show. <laughs> it's great to be here, Ken. Thank you for having me on. This I love is, to talk Star Wars. Yeah, I want to start there. So first of all, now you you and I have known, known each other for a couple years through Schmodown. We've known of each other through comedy circles podcast circles uh, the movie guys podcast was on uh, i think right before the schmozno movie show on thursdays at the tote up days yeah we'd pass through and you know it's just one of those you know hey how you doing how you doing we all kind of yeah. go our ways you guys, but, you guys would have to wait in the hallway while we cleaned up props yeah. which is a frequent problem with the movie guys and, and various sketch groups i've been in over the years <laughs> yeah 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 that's so. That's exactly. I remember that well. Like we're almost done. We're almost done. They're they're just getting their uh, their clown costume. It's good. It's good. I had uh, a sketch troupe in Chicago, and we ended the show with a fake heart being pulled out of a body every night. And so there was always fake blood on the stage, and there was always like a mop bucket. It's like, oh yeah, uh, sorry, can oh nuts. Uh, you guys can come in in just a second. We just have to clean up the blood. Oh oh boy, can There's the Chicago improv team. Um, <laughs> And then again, through the through competing movie trivia Schmodown, and and you've been competing in the Schmodown uh, Star Wars stuff. Um, you know, you and I got chatting, and then one day it was earlier uh, this year, I do believe, before in the in the before times when we were at <laughs> one of the uh, last public events I was able to attend was the the Schmo's No or Schmo's uh, uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown Draft and Award Show. Yeah, you and I got to connect afterwards at a at a table on the side of the Saddle Ranch Bar. Uh, yes, probably a few too many Carillion wines and beers in us. 
Uh, but we got to talk about just Star Wars, number one. We're, we're old school guys, old, old generation of fans, but we love Star Wars top to bottom. Uh, just it, 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 it get excited. We, we connected over Solo. So we're, we're going to be talking about the art of loving Solo today. But I want to start first something you said off air. You, you at one point just kind of gave up talking Star Wars. I did. I did. I just, nobody was, uh, could enjoy it quite on my level. And, and I, and I didn't want to put that pressure on anybody to, to have to discuss this, but it would be the, the sort of thing where you'd start to discuss Star Wars. As I've always said, the, the line from Groundhog Day, do you really want to talk about the weather or are you just making chit chat? Because I can pretend that, that your level of Star Wars talk, I can talk at that for other people and, and that's fine. But like, and then also like the venom around the Phantom Menace and, yeah. and frankly, a bunch of people who didn't really like Star Wars enough to begin with to be having that conversation or courting my attention for a, a conversation on Phantom Menace. It just upset me. I'm like, you shouldn't be talking about Phantom Menace. You don't get Star Wars. And then the conversation, then it became a lot of people just copying that sort of basic uh, criticisms of Phantom Menace. And I was like, it's just not even worth talking Star Wars with people. You people, you, you just don't get it. You know, I feel you, man. And yeah. I know what you mean. And, and, and you and I aren't saying we're, we're above anyone else. So there's a right no. way, but there is this point And I have, I have reached that point uh, for center. We're so blessed to just be able to have those conversations for people to hear or from out and about. I mentioned this recently. I won't go into too many details. He's a, he's a, a friend of mine, but like we've worked together in wrestling and everything. And he's a Hollywood kind of production guy. And he just didn't, doesn't like uh, some of the newer movies, which by the way is fine, but we, fine. we, we were outside and he came to my house, had a mask socially. He had to drop something off and pick something up. And he was, uh, he wanted to talk about Resiscoe. And he wanted to talk about Palpatine. And he was asking some of these questions. And I just, at one point was just like, man, I, you don't want the answers though. No, I could tell you the, the what's and the how's and the more importantly, the why, but you don't want that. You just want to talk at me with your talking points you've read on, on we've got this covered or something like that. A website that doesn't get it as well. And I've no, it's no disrespect, but it's like, just like the groundhog did, that weather thing is perfect. It's like, we don't need to do this. We don't need to do this. No, we don't have to talk about Star Wars. In fact, we I can talk about Star Wars as a complete pedestrian with you. Yeah, that that wasn't that great, that part in that movie, whatever. But I've got this full, deep understanding of it. And 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 I, and I don't go read much reviews or anything like that. Like, I kind of took the temperature of uh, what people were saying about Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, I'm not going to dip into that. I have an understanding of and a love of Rise of Skywalker. I, I will take any comers on that. Well, na- now I'm a changed man, Ken. Uh, by the way, because I've met the Schmodown, I've met you, and now I am, and now I've competed in the Star Wars tournament. I mean, and, and everybody that I know in the Schmodown loves Star Wars in the right way yeah. or dislikes it in the right way. That's okay too. You could dislike it. Just don't be a dummy about it. Be actually intellectually curious because you're talking on a level about something that other people have gone to that level and understand it that deep. And so you, you know. Yeah, I love that. I love what you how you phrase that dislike it the right way. And again, uh, those listening, I think the four center listeners get it. If, if we're not wagging fingers yeah. right or wrong, but I love that. That no, that that that's because four center. We the, the the Discord community sometimes this pops up like, hey, you know, I'd like to disagree with something and not be battered uh, for you know bashed over the head for not liking something. And and sometimes we we can you know we're we're a like minded kind of hive, and we can be like, oh, that's right. Yep, there are some things that you could question. But I love what you just said is those are the conversations I'll gladly have. It's how you phrase it. It's how you understand it. And and yes, your personal experiences and yes, your your personal point of view 
I want that. It's important. But like, let's let's be honest and have real conversations, not not the uh, plot point. Plot point. Get out. Yeah. Get out. And I, I don't. Get well, it. that that's the other thing too. People have their extreme focus in what they. The, and if you're trying to pick apart a Star Wars movie, uh, you know, you you can you can go to the script or you can go to this acting performance or whatever. You you can find it. It's it's all over the place. Sure, there's plenty to not like. But I have a feeling you're comparing it to ordinary people. I have a feeling you're going in the wrong way. You know, <laughs> so so it's like. Movies, the reason we love movies is movies are a lot of things. Movies are photography. Movies are acting. Movies are writing. Movies are performance. Movies are all these things. And so someone comes in and goes, ah, Jake Lloyd's terrible in that movie. And that movie's terrible. I'm like, well, that is one thing in that movie. You yeah. have skipped a lot. And, and that means you just aren't intellectually curious enough to get into Star Wars on that level, which is fine. But uh, but you, you're the one that, you know, usually the case, I'm, again, I'm talking to this, this mysterious uh, straw man, but you're the one that wanted to have this conversation about Star Wars. And, yeah. uh, and I felt bad. I started making people regret starting conversations about Star Wars with me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I shut you down real fast there, didn't I? Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> so this, yeah, so this is this is going back to '99 for you too. I mean, probably the original trilogies, and and yeah, we've all have maybe had our journeys with the prequels, and and I'm at a very positive spot with them, and have been for years. But it didn't start that way. But it was like oh. to be intellectually curious enough to to investigate what you don't like or what you do like about it is 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 an interesting thing. Well, you make a very good point there because, and, and I've heard uh, the on the Four Center podcast, and I've heard other conversations where. Uh, People understand. People have gone through the same journey with Phantom Menace. You know, we can sit here and defend it all day long, but we're we're well practiced at that. When I left the theater in 1999, and I've heard you tell these stories too, and and other people uh, and other Star Wars podcasts will talk about that moment when they left the Phantom Menace and they weren't quite sure what to think. And I think there were plenty of weeks where I was like, "Man, that's not a great movie." But mm-hmm. then you you realize what those movies are and you re- you find the star Wars in, I mean, obviously the star yeah. Wars are all over those movies, but you know, I mean, if people are dueling with lightsabers, I am pretty much okay. Uh, but, uh, but it's, it's really, it's become a really interesting analysis because I've completely made my peace with the Phantom Menace. And I hear that in your voice and other things too, of like, Oh no, I found the love in that. It's all over that. Oh, I can give you 800 great things about the Phantom Menace. And you know what? I'm probably going to disagree with that with the 10 things you don't like also. But yeah. that is comparing what's to dislike and what's to like, uh, you know, there's a lot there. And if you love Star Wars, you're going to find that love, which is so much fun. That's part of the fun of it. We're not it, just like in the bag for Star Wars. We're like, oh, gosh, well, what do I like about the Phantom Menace? Oh, well, maybe that's what I like about Star Wars. And then you go see something like The Force Awakens. And you're like, you know, that's something I love about Star Wars that I discovered in the prequels that is now is a part of the canon that they're putting into these sort of things, like in terms of a mood or a, yeah. uh, an analysis. You know, it's the journey of love and Star Wars. Indeed, I think that's well said. And and coming back, I, I want to go. This is great. We're going we're going off the the beaten path of our planned conversation. We, we're we're going to be talking a lot about solo, but this is this is this is a really interesting having this discussion with you. You and I are in the same kind of uh, general age group generation on the films. When they came back, when the news came out, uh, Lucas was selling it, which, you know, by the way, we that's when we were doing the podcasting at Toad Hop with you guys yeah. in that era, 2012. Crazy to think. What As a, as a quote, older fan, I don't talk, not turn to no, age experienced fan, Adam. Um, what were you at that time thinking when the, when the news broke and, 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 and knowing what you went through with like, gosh, I'm just done talking Star Wars. Happened to uh, 
Well, the thing is, my love of Star Wars became kind of a secretive love. I couldn't really share with anybody just how much I loved Star Wars and anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and that, that again, has recently opened up. I met you. I met uh, a lot of the Schmodown people. You can have great Star Wars conversations with, good or bad. I mean, there's lots of people in the Schmodown that, that don't like this or that Star Wars movie. Um, and, but I love the analysis. The, the, uh, there was just such bad analysis for a long time. Yeah. And then I met you guys i'm like oh my god and like like for example bibiani just did the uh uh star wars uh episode zero mm-hmm. and i must disagree with those two people every three minutes and i adore that podcast <laughs> you know um but so going back to uh, uh the phantom menace um yeah uh uh sorry i i got off track there you're gonna have to you do a little bit here you, no, you spun yourself into a Star Wars uh, <laughs> and that's okay. So yeah, going back, yeah, but 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 so yeah, going back to your experiences in Phantom Menace, but leading into new films are coming. Oh, I was right. fully, I was fully excited, but there was also that thought of, here we go again. <laughs> to quote three PO, like this could be not not that the, I was worried about the quality of films, but the discourse, the conversation. I had no oh. idea it would be as bad as it got, but I had a little bit of like, okay, I just got to a good spot on some of these uh, prequel films. I don't want these conversations again. Right, right. Well, you know, here's here's the interesting thing, too. So we'll skip around in the timeline a little bit here because uh, anybody discussing Star Wars on Twitter or any platform loves Star Wars. I don't care what they're saying. You are there. You were discussing Star Wars. You were not doing that about any other movie. And that is the wonderful web of joy that Star Wars spins. That even the people that are like, I'm going to go to Twitter and tell everybody just how bad The Last Jedi is. Right. You went to Twitter to tell people about Star Wars. You do not hate Star Wars. And if you need to feel like you hate Star Wars, that's great. Go on there, discuss it. Now, obviously, there's name callers and stuff like that and people who don't get it. But everybody who's just, for example, I don't talk reality bites. I don't tweet about reality bites. You know why? That's a terrible movie. And so I just don't talk about it. Uh, (laughs) But so the, when the, when the force awakens was announced, I mean, this is magic. And I got to say from the perspective of, of other people who might say, God, what do you guys like about star Wars so much? Or why are you still obsessed with that? Several times in my life, there was never going to be another star Wars movie made ever. Right. For the rest of my life. There was after Jedi, at some point, they stopped writing articles about how they were going to make more of them. And I had a believe it when I see it uh, uh, attitude about the prequels. When Lucas said he was going to do that, I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. I was there opening day for the Phantom Menace and I couldn't believe it. Still can't believe it. <laughs> so the so the the even bigger holy grail than that is a sequel to Return of the Jedi. So all these years, they had never made a sequel to Return of the Jedi. And that was definitely never going to happen. So when we finally got new Star Wars sequels, prequels, um, and they were what they were. Some people liked them, some people didn't. But I couldn't believe Star Wars was back. Kids of a new generation were now enjoying Star Wars again. And by the way, young people have no idea that anybody ever disliked the Phantom Menace or the prequels. I find that hilarious and a lesson for us all. <laughs> right, right. Or, or the, that we always said the prequel kid generation, which is, you know, now we're talking between 25 to early thirties is that generation. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
they they don't they have no time for that discussion, even if they are aware of it, because they're like, no, I was seven, I was eight, I was nine, I was ten. Um, and Jake Lloyd as Anakin inspired me. Uh, you know, Ahmed Best as Jar Jar inspired me. The Pod Race inspired me. A lot Absolutely, of- the love of Hayden Christensen, the number of gifts of Hayden Christensen I see on Twitter, I could have never predicted. Those people never. do not know that at one point people were like, "This is terrible," and he's ruining the movie. They don't even know that happened. And, and, and I would say this too about people who uh, don't like Rise of Skywalker. You know what? Skip this charade. Just like Rise of Skywalker, watch it again. Trust me, you're going to love it. That is a ripping yarn of a movie. That is a very different Star Wars movie, and it's fantastic. But, and, and we're seeing it with Solo right now, and we'll get to Solo in a second. But that people were like, ah, it's not good, blah, 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 blah. All the standard criticism. I mean, it's almost like yeah. uh, control, copy, paste you know, of my last Jedi uh, thoughts. And then everybody comes around to the force awakens. Everybody comes around to the prequels. Everybody comes around to the last Jedi. Everybody is now coming around to solo. People are watching it for the second time and going, Oh, well, this movie's pretty good. And so there goes all that initial criticism. So I'm like, guys, I know you want to do this with Rise of Skywalker. I know you want to Phantom Menace, Rise of Skywalker. But you know what? Skip it and just get to the fun part where you love it. Because you're going to love it in three years. Trust me. (laughs) Get to the fun part when the pressure's off. And I get it. Again, we're not claiming these movies are... Uh, impervious to criticism or, or perfect by any means. But yeah, Rise of Skywalker, I still say it's this wacky, bonkers, crazy Star Wars film that sh- gave me stuff I never thought I'd see. Maybe gave me some things I didn't want to see. But overall, at the end of that movie, I've never cried so much in a movie. I've never been moved by a Star, by a Star Wars movie. Mr. Holland's opus, opus got me more. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I still watch it now and get misty and teary-eyed. And I've seen it, you know, now we're in the 10, 15 time range where the emotions start to go a little dull. But, you know, hey, again, big, are there big things you don't like? Are yeah, 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 absolutely. But I, I love what you just said again, Adam. That's going to be my theme for this. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think about this stuff a lot. I'm now talking to more people about Star Wars, but all yeah. these thoughts have, have packed up in my head over the years of exactly, because, you know, I was forced to examine what I liked about Star Wars when everybody was dumping on Phantom Menace. And I was like, well, what do I like about this? Is it just lightsabers? Yeah. You know, <laughs> is it just Jedi? Right. And you know what? Uh, seeing a Jedi on screen will get me through a lot of things. In fact, I, I, I will. I loved in the Mandalorian how a certain percentage of each episode is just him walking down a Tatooine street, and I was like, I could watch that forever. Yeah. I could watch. I could watch a Boba Fett walk down a Tatooine street <laughs> for hours. <laughs> That's part of the genius of that show with Fabio. He really does uh, to go back to that. Uh, let's get to Solo, man. So to set the scene, so you and I, uh, you know, we're, we're, yes, we're having some fun. We're eating some bar food on sun, on, on, on Sunset Strip in Hollywood following a big Schmodown event. There's uh, Schmodown fans and supporters around, competitors. Everyone's there. It's, a, it's one of those days. It's a Saturday afternoon and you're day drunk in Hollywood. And you and I <laughs> just kind of end up at a table together. And we just, yeah. and it was like, hey, let's talk. And we started talking about Solo. And, and it was, it's weird because it, and we've all, it, it, it's not just Star Wars. It could be anything. It's like, you look around, you whisper, you're like, do you, do you like pineapple on pizza? <laughs> and if you don't, that's fine. We're fine. But you and I were like, kind of this Solo came up and I just was kind of in one of my day drunk, grumpy moods of like, I love Solo and I'm really grumpy with the people who don't like Solo. And you're just like, me too. And we had a really fun conversation about it. So, man. And, and, and given the last thing we just talked about, I have to say to some people in the audience, now, everybody in the audience, about a year and a half ago, people didn't like Solo. Of course, that's changing because it does with every Star Wars movie. Okay, continue, Ken. <laughs> well, I mean, I've had some. 
friends of mine, again, not they're not in the pod, podcast sphere. They're not online. They're not tweeting about it. Some of them don't even have Twitter handles, and they're Star Wars fans. And one of uh, one of real close to me, whose cat is named Lando. Nice. Friend Joe Ruggiero, who, who who's been on Four Center, uh, I think before, and it's definitely going to be on again. Uh, put a pin in that. I'll tell you why. Um, he was like, "Oh, I finally watched it. Yeah, okay." Because he didn't, didn't see it in the theater, and he wasn't bored. Wow. It was like, I don't know, I just didn't feel the need. And it's like, but you, your cat's name Lando, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't know, I'll get around to it." And he finally saw it recently. It was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, that was really fun." And then he's been writing me. He's he's a little younger than you and I, but he he's been writing me and goes, "Hey, I've been revisiting the prequels. Oh my gosh, All right? I can't believe it." I love some of the stuff in this and we're probably right. going to talk about it here in a spotlight star Wars about a late to the game kind of switch an attitude of just doing what you talked about, Adam finding oh, I'm a star Wars fan. What is in these movies that I do love? Let's throw the other stuff away. Let's throw the Roger Rogers and all the things you might have sure. hated in 99. And, and, and some of those may, you may like now, but what's there. And, and he's been texting me going, Oh gosh, I just got to attack the clones. Oh my God. I didn't even, I forgot about that. Oh gosh. And so that excites me. And that excites me about solo as well. And excites me to see it excited me to see the excitement on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is because that took the usual drubbing that they take. And so, yes, I had not talked solo with anybody. Uh, in fact, I wonder if I saw solo with anybody. Usually I'll go with some star Wars fans, although the last few movies, and I said this and it made Paul Preston laugh too. And he goes, who are you going to go see, uh, 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 who are you going to go see Rise of Skywalker with? And I said, nobody. <laughs> Mike, these are intensely personal films now and nobody enjoys them quite the way I do. Uh, yeah. Not on the, not on the same level of like, I, you know, go with people who are going to bash on it or whatever. I'd go with people that would like it, but I'm like, it's now become a sort of thing where I'm like, boy, I just really like these movies on this really deep personal level. And so the last couple I've gone to by myself, but so solo, had taken its usual drubbing. Yeah. And, and um, so here's what I love about Solo. <clears throat> and it really is what is great about all of these uh, movies working as they work. Because when George Lucas made Star Wars, <clears throat> he was taking his, uh, you know, his influences from Samurai. We didn't recognize that when we were kids. He was taking his influence from Westerns. I didn't see that when I was a kid. You know, he's taking Knights and Princesses. I caught that a little bit when I was a kid, but I didn't catch that this movie was this complete homage because actually it's kind of not. You take all the same notes for uh, for Beethoven's Fifth, you can get to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club, but that doesn't make those the same song. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so Star Wars was this complete experience, and as that got me into filmmaking and movies, just like it did you and a lot of Schmodown people. And you started studying directors and all these things. Then you started reading, oh, Hidden Fortress. Oh, Samurai movies. Oh, oh, it's a Western. Oh, I, I was shocked to find out, and, and I'll come around to a good point on Solo with this. I was shocked to find out that uh, Han Solo is called a pirate. You know, that that I just didn't recognize the pirate angle or the pirate ship, but that's where Lucas started and he ended up with Han Solo. He started with Knights and Princesses and ended up with Obi-Wan Kenobi. He started with uh, Cowboys and ended with the Cantina. You know, a lot of influences, but he doesn't, you know, he strays quite far from those to get his own uh, vision and things in. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> the idea of the space pirate, I'd never even thought of that, uh, like what that meant. I'm like, I don't know. He's called a pirate. I don't quite get it. I know he's smuggling something or whatever, but, uh, and I'll bring this back around to this, the Han Solo theme in the new solo movie that that is such a high flying seafaring, 
uh, piece of music. And, and it comes straight out of uh, John Williams. You know, it's much more influenced by John Williams um, uh, 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 Tintin, you know, which is oh, high, yeah. seafaring, you know, raucous. And I just love that Han Solo was a pirate in his conception way back when. And by the time John Williams finally gets around to composing Han Solo's own theme, mm. It's a pirate theme. It's a seafaring theme. It's it's straight out of the, not the Jaws theme, but the other themes in Jaws, that Eric Korngold sort of like out to sea adventure. And I'm yeah. like, holy crap, that works with Han Solo so good. And that is a 40 some year arc to bring around the seafaring yeah. pirate it, it, high adventure theme in that. That's one thing I like about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that I, I, you're so right. The old, this is like one of those old, either a promotional booklet or a, a trading card, something. Yep, Han Solo, right. rogue, rogue smuggler are things we hear now. Space pirate is something I grew up kind of knowing. I've loved that you connect it back to that. And yeah. that movie, the theme. But yeah, going into the maw and and running into the 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 summer ver, ver was it summer verminuth uh, creature there. Summer verminoth. Yeah, verminoth. There it is. I don't I have love to, Star Wars words. Uh, I don't super have to, Yeah. Wait. Site, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have to uh, compete anymore in trivia, so I, I don't memorize the words anymore. Um, <laughs> and that's that's free. But th- I mean, that is that is absolutely uh, going into the sea. That is absolutely uh, Moby Dick. That is absolutely the 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 the, the pirate kind of theme. There, it's 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 not saying it's all in the ocean, but yeah, I, I think that that is a where a great starting point to talk about the love of Solo because it is to me very true to the heart of that character, and that's where the heart began. Well, and then and then to go back to all those influences that that created Star Wars uh, after after George Lucas takes his six shots at Star Wars. And this is what Star Wars is. And what's funny about the prequels is he he wasn't obsessed with everything we got obsessed with in the first ones. He just wanted to make these new movies. And so we were kind of shocked at like, oh, this is what George Lucas thinks Star Wars is. You know, OK, well, this is a different type of adventure. But when it comes back, the fascinating thing about the for the, the sequel trilogy yeah. is now after we've seen what George Lucas continues his story, and it's very different from the original movies, um, that now we get to see what fans would do if they got to make their Star Wars movie, J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, uh, and um, and Ron Howard, you know. Um, so, so it's fascinating that what they see in Star Wars, Star Wars is so many things. It is yeah. that Western. It is that samurai. And in Solo, you see, and I always call it the notes on the Star Wars keyboard. You can play various compositions because mm-hmm. there's a ton of things in Star Wars. There's always a sort of cantina thing or that sort of thing. So all those notes are played on the Solo keyboard, but we hit hard the cowboy stuff. Yeah, We're robbing a train. You're robbing a train in a Star Wars movie. And who's going to rob a train? Of course, that's going to be in a Han Solo story. You're riding up on your your horses or whatever their version of it is. The Enfys Nest is the uh, uh, biker gang. (laughs) You know, that just blows me away to take that little cowboy thing. And, Mm -hmm. And again, in Star Wars, you can read that analysis afterwards, and you can, you know, the 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 the, the classic cowboy moment is when uh, Obi Wan cuts the arm off, and yep. then the band stops, and then the band just starts playing again. That is a classic <laughs> cowboy. Somebody gets shot in the bar, and then yep. and then you're moving on. But the the big cowboy has always been Han Solo. So in this one, we got so much cowboy stuff. Yep. I love that. It just really fills out something that 
and, and nobody else gravitated to cowboy stuff. There's no cowboy stuff in Force Awakens, but there isn't Star Wars. And if you want to play that note on the on the on the scale, and Ron Howard did, or the uh, Lawrence Kasdan did, yep. you know, it's there, and that's all over Solo is different notes on the keyboard that haven't been played very firmly in Star Wars. Star right. Wars is such a thick tome that, and that, that's why we love it. You're like, hey, there's one guy in the background, and he's never going to have another line again, but he's going to have an action figure. We're going to play with that action figure and create adventures, and then. Finally, Taika Waititi will uh, put him in an episode and and people will go, oh, wow, IG-88 gets me the story, you know? Yeah. Let's talk about Alden Ehrenreich. Let's start there with uh, some uh, just a in-depth conversation about it. I I think I I unapologetically love what he did. I totally, yeah, totally understand the difficult nature of filling those shoes. Uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, River Phoenix and Last Crusade who had just, uh, you know, an opening sequence that he had to get through. Um, yeah. John Patrick Flannery in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, I think, didn't face this and did a real good job. But it was it's it's not on the big screen. It's not an entire movie that is supposed to be Harrison Ford in everyone's mind. And it's someone else. Uh, I understand it might not be note perfect for everybody. It is for me, and I say that unapologetically. I think yeah. I, I, I get a little heat. I've said it on Force Center before, and I'll sometimes say it in a bar to see if anyone wants to fist fight me. <laughs> I, I literally I think he's a better Han Solo than Harrison in Return of the Jedi. Um, only because oh, he is. Yeah, that's a good point. I've not heard that point made. You're right. He is, and I never understood uh, what people didn't like about Return of the Jedi. I, in fact, I didn't know people didn't like Return of the Jedi till way right. later. Right. Uh, but that is one of the things that now I look in retrospect and go, oh, yeah, Han Solo is kind of an ineffective character. He's more of a goofball and stuff. Yeah, it's a good point. He's better, better Han Solo than Han Solo is in Return of the Jedi. And that's a valid yeah, point. And, and Harrison wanted to go, you know, do Mosquito Coast and do some other right. things. And that's fair. So anyways, I, I want to talk about you. Your first experiences watching Alden just embody this role. Uh, I I thought he was he was great. You know, again, there's. We don't know a lot of people that don't think he did a good job or that don't think that's Han Solo. If you would challenge them pre solo without anything to go, oh, what is Han Solo? What is Han Solo to you? To some people, he might be the guy that just shot first, but that is only one thing about it. To yeah. others, he's the guy that heads into the asteroid field. To 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 others, he's the guy that owes money to Jabba the Hutt. I think they took all those things, certainly in the writing, mm-hmm. and and found the essence of Han Solo. And Alden Ehrenreich is finding a different essence than the writers even. Yeah. That that obviously he's got that smirk. He's got that that. But I love that he's more confident than he should be. Yeah. And, and that, you know, that's that's just key to Han Solo. But we only have three Han Solo performances or well, you know, now we have uh, several. But yeah. um, that uh, that he's in over his head, that he thinks he could talk his way out of everything, that he's superbly confident, even though he shouldn't be, that he's always behind the eight ball. I love lines like, uh, you know, um, what does he say? He gets punched more. Is, is something about is uh, sorry about your eye. Uh, had to punch you or something like that. And he goes, it happens more than you'd think, you know? <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, and, and just finding him at finding the character at 20 uh, and, and the mixture of, of wonderlust and confidence and, and fear and self-discovery. I still think I understand the solo getting his name seen. I understand why it doesn't work for people. I'm not saying it's a top 20 star Wars moment for me, but I still love how Alden plays it. His choices as an actor, Han Solo comes alive in that scene. It is it dawns on him that this is the thing he's been looking for, getting out, getting Kira, all those things. But when it's all right, Han Solo, and it is the 
unconcerned arm of the empire that's like, whatever, we don't care. But in his face, he plays it as this is me now. This is who I am. And it's still he's still confused about what that even means, but he has a path forward, good or bad. I just love that moment. And that's the stuff that Alden found as a performer. Yeah, uh, the the line that uh, while I was studying for uh, the Star Wars uh, tournament recently, uh, you know, so I've of course I watched all these again multiple times. Uh, and twist my arm, I got to tell you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but a uh, boy, did I discover a lot of great new stuff. And my fa- and I laughed out. This is me at like two in the morning. You know, my roommate goes to sleep, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to pop in a Star Wars movie. I still say pop in, even though I'm just going to stream it. Uh, but uh, the one after they have the conversation with uh, with Dryden Voss, which again, think about this. Nobody thought about this. You hear Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars and and pre-special edition, there was something special about hearing about a character for two movies before you saw him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it doesn't even occur to me, but it clearly does to Lawrence Kasdan and Ron Howard, that there's not just one gangster anywhere. There's not just one mob anywhere. There's always a second mob and usually three or four. So the idea that in this one, they lay out the five different mobs of the Star Wars universe. I'm like, oh my God, it took them 40 years to re- to define who the other mobs are. That's fantastic. Like yeah. there's still ground to dig up. So he has that conversation with Dryden Voss, which in, in my very favorite line of Solo is, and remember, if you, if you, if you failed it, fail to pull this off, We'll all be out of options, which means I'm going to kill you in this nice way. You know, he's such a great mobster. But as soon as they exit that room, uh, 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 Han Solo goes, well, I think that went pretty well. (laughs) And I just I'm just like, that is so Han Solo that like, you know, he's going to get in over his head. He already promised over promised. uh, And 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 he pulls it out, you know. Yeah, and and again finds it and learns the learns the lesson. The, the the shoot for I thought the shoot first with Beckett was a valuable lesson. All those kind of little details about the character, but but down to the movements and everything, uh, and it's some of the great great chewy stuff. And I understand sometimes when you get some official answers about hey, how did these characters meet and how do they? Right. Sometimes that can go against your own expectations. That's fine, yeah. fair, but but we always want to engage what's what's presented to us. Uh, yeah, people wanted a, a, a meteor reason, a meteor reason that he said uh, Chewy instead of Chewbacca. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, I'm going to have to shorten that. But that's such a throwaway line. I'm like, why would people make hay of that? I'm like, all right. They just wanted to refer to it. Like, give me a break. Just, oh, they just, oh, I got a great thing to say about Solo. And yeah. I think I, I think I told you this in the bar that night. This was one that really blew me away the second time. First time these movies just wash over me. Yeah. The second that and people don't notice this. This is an amazing moment that just slips by in solo so han solo has the iconic gun right and yep. we're doing a batman begins you gotta figure out where he gets the batarang you gotta figure out where he gets the batmobile and that's what we're in for right mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna do the same thing for the new batman I'm like where's this one get his batmobile i can't wait but where does he get his sidekick where does he get his ship and where does he get that classic han solo blaster that mm-hmm. thing is such an icon and we've seen it for years and it's got a scope on it but it's a pistol that's so cool and i watched the second time didn't even catch it the first time yeah. that uh when they're sitting around the campfire doing the classic cowboy thing what are you going to do with your part of the money uh this is a three amigos conversation also yeah. uh, yes uh he is taking apart a rifle he takes the end off the rifle. He takes the barrel off. He puts the end of the rifle on the pistol. He takes the stock off and then throws it with the scope still on it to Han Solo. And and I was like, oh my God, Han Solo's 
pistol has always been cool, but now it's a rifle. He's been firing a rifle in his hands. That is so cool. And that's just the value added to that movie. Yeah. And that's just one tiny little moment. There's stuff like that all over it. Love it. Yeah. And I, again, finding the meaning and finding the why of that scene as small as it could be. I don't think you have to dig too deep into what that means, but it is kind of, you know, breaking down the character and going to his, his, his core. And, and now he has his trusty uh, blaster aside, but, but just, uh, you know, there was a lot of pushback against those kind of things. I just, uh, I, 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 and I don't know what people want sometimes. That's what I don't get. And then I heard a lot about, and I, I want to ask you this and what your thoughts on this one. It's, and it's a tough one to answer. I hear a lot. I heard a lot from my friend who I didn't watch in the theater. Well, we didn't really ask for this movie. And I'm like, I, I didn't ask for anything after at new hope, but it kept showing up. And I, I, I just don't understand that take on it, but why you feel you need yeah, well, we need that story. I mean, I guess that's the point where I'd say, I, then you're just not a big Star Wars fan. So that's, we don't have to talk about this. Like right. if you, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan, friend. I mean, that's that's where I become uh, uh, kind of a jerk. I think sometimes when, I, I, I think I told you early on, I go, I'm not fun to talk Star Wars with because, you know, I will do stuff like that. But it's like, if you can't see the value in more Star Wars, not less, then how big a Star Wars fan can you be? I mean, and, and I've said this to people too, who didn't like the prequels. And I go, don't worry, it's okay to not be a Star Wars fan, but be a fan of that movie, Star Wars. That's perfectly okay huh. or you could like star wars and empire and you the star wars but you know um yeah when it's like well i didn't ask for this i'm like well uh i did so <laughs> that's a push uh i i uh, i reject the premise of this statement i reject the premise of the criticism <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh uh thank you with the tarantino reference uh uh yeah um yeah, no, that's that's the thing, and and again, it's it's like I don't, you and I, we're we're dancing on the edge of being snarky, but only because I think we're 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 at the end of our rope a little bit. I'm exhausted on some of these things, um, uh, of just constantly having these discussions of of, of you didn't ask for it, uh, I, I, yeah, you're yeah, like you said, Adam, you're a Star Wars fan. We're, we're asking for everything because we yeah, want more, we, more, 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 give more, me more. I mean, I can't believe the wealth that we've gotten. It's just fantastic, and the fact that there's a movie like Rogue One. Really? They made a whole movie about how they got the Death Star plans? Oh, my God. I'm living in the greatest time of in the history of America that yeah. that exists, that a, that a solo movie exists. Oh, my God. I never saw any of this yeah. coming. And, 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 that's, and that's sometimes going back to the exhaustion point of some of the arguments I've had with some some folks where it's just off-air off air stuff because I don't like to engage too much with it online or, or on a show, but just uh, with the pushback against the Kenobi, oh, they're, they're just so creatively bankrupt. I'm like, I... I want every character to have a six episode think piece uh, yeah. because well, I've spent my life dreaming of what that is. Right. Right. We sat there our entire use and went, I wonder what the clone wars are. And if you didn't go, what well, I wonder what the clone wars are, then, uh, then maybe that's just Star Wars is not for you. You don't have to like it, you know, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. It's very disappointing to people who don't want to see sequels to things. Right. Uh, completely original movies and, and people that was like, Oh, why don't they make original movies? And then they don't go see hardcore Henry. And then they don't go see any of these movies anyway. So it's like, you're just blowing wind. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many, how many great, brilliant movies that have come out that aren't sequels that don't that fail at the box office, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, well, yeah you know. different podcasts for sure. And look, I, I want new, I want new characters. I'm interested 
more than I even thought I would be about the High Republic novel series and and and, and programming coming out there. Well, not programming yet, but uh, publishing side ha- is handling the High yeah. Republic. Yeah, I want. I, I'm interested in that too. But I, 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 and I know it's just me because that, that's the great thing about Star Wars is, as you would agree, Adam, it it, it is a salad buffet. And if today yeah. you the croutons, you take the croutons. Um, I, 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 you know, give me those those 19 years between Sith and A New Hope. Like, uh, there's so much to explore thematically. Um, yeah, let, it, it, to, to, to get back to that last point too, uh, that I think people that say that's so creatively bankrupt, uh, first of all, they're just, yeah, they're, they're kind of just talking. They're not that big of Star Wars fans, but, uh, but that is giving a lot of credit to, or no, that is, um, mm. that is saying that m- mm. that's actually denying the very essence of Star Wars. I'll put it that way, because go. to say that having watched, say, episode four, right, that I understand everybody in that cantina by the end of that? No, you don't. That I understand every Imperial officer? No, you don't. That I understand that I understand even Obi-Wan Kenobi at the end of Star Wars? No, you don't. It's it's episode four for a reason. There's meant to be a lot more story before that. And there's obviously going to be more story after that. People acting like, well, we've covered Luke. No, we haven't. We've covered very few years of Luke's life. <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean yeah that's uh that's yeah yeah no it's it's, it's also a little bit deal you know, when it comes to rise of skywalker and the skywalker saga i get wrapping it up and everything but i'm just like that that is the central i had this discussion uh, i always end up bringing game of thrones into star wars but if i'm talking game of thrones i bring in star wars into the conversation it's just the way i do it adam but it wouldn't be a game of thrones without star wars continue yeah, yeah but it's like i i, I that's a bold claim. i'm just being a dick now go ahead um criticisms of of, of of season eight of game of thrones aside doesn't matter i was talking to someone and they they said they brought it in they said well rise of skywalker is kind of like season eight of of game of thrones just the whole game of thrones series like god it's just so small like we're just dealing with the same families over and over again the world's so big and i'm just i i i can't combat that because i don't can't wrap my brain around I understand the Skywalkers aren't everything, but did you go seriously go into Star Wars Episode Nine not thinking this was going to tie in the Skywalker family? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what were you going in for? And also, I I have a problem with any criticism that can be written before you even watch the movie. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, uh, now that I know the review you had in your head before you went in to hate that movie, what did you think of the movie? (laughs) I mean, I mean, really, it's like that's you're not bringing anything from having seen that movie into your thoughts on it. So yeah. what are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, but also that storytelling too, going to like the game of Thrones thing is like, Oh, it's always house Stark and house Lannister and house Targaryen. Yeah. Because house Glover is interesting for five minutes. That's, that's not the fan. That's how stories go. You know, yeah. every, every lead of, you know, let's, let's watch when Harry met Sally, but can we also spend an hour with Bruno Kirby? Like no, it's it's just it's, that's not how you write stories. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's a that's a that's a very good point. I mean, yeah, what what am I supposed to do with your lightsaberless, Luke Skywalkerless, Jediless, uh, uh, space pirateless Star Wars movie? I mean, like you yeah. you think all this stuff should be removed from it? Uh, no, it's like it's like the the uh, um um the uh, the Death Star yeah. in uh, the Force Awakens, the um, Star Killer Base. Yeah. Great, great reference, by the way. But again, the Starkiller uh, was Luke's original last name. Sure. But Starkiller Base is 
a great piece of sci-fi, but because it's round, people have a problem with it. I'm like, come on, how much do you even like Star Wars if your criticism is, oh, another round ship? What, have you not seen Star Trek? Have you not seen, I mean, everything's the same shape in that whole universe. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like, it's such a great piece of sci-fi to put, well, first of all, forts are usually on planets. So to actually fortify a planet and build a gun within it is such a cool idea. And then to have the alt take on the explosion of the Death Star, which again, this is overlooked by everybody. I've watched this movie a hundred times, but uh, but this is the frustration. If you think that's exactly the Death Star, then you don't recognize the beauty of A, the sun darkening at the moment where the dark side is taking over for symbolism, people. And then when the de- when the Starkiller base explodes, it explodes and remains a sun. Mm. That is a beautiful change in the way a, a, a space station is blown up. It merely becomes a sun again. And they fly away from that and the explosion doesn't fade away. It becomes a sun. That's beautiful. Actually, uh, if you stop uh, and think about it, if you stop and think about it, it's a good way. Let's in the time we have remaining here, let's get back to solo and wrap up that and have some positive conversations about solo. Uh, what do you what do you think about uh, um, the character of Kira, which uh, I really have grown to love a lot of it because of the supplemental material, uh, whether it's uh, Mer Lafferty's solo adaptation or uh, the uh, Ray Carson's Most Wanted, which is a couple years prior to the story. I just really love the character of Kira. I think Amelia Clark did great. I love her in the role. Uh, she is, uh, you know, my mother of dragons too. But uh, you know, there they, it was. Uh, I, th- I know there was. It seems to be there were some issues with Lord Miller and the direction of that character. Uh, we don't know any facts, so no need to really bring it in here. But um, Kira and what she taught, what she was there for. What, what do you think about uh, of, of her presence in Star Wars in Solo? Well, what what a great different female character, a female lead in Star Wars. You know, you don't want to tread the same ground as a Princess Leia. I'm certainly not in the Solo. Obviously, we want to remain his his great true love to be Princess Leia, so that can be fulfilled. But you don't want her to be a, a Ray. You know, Ray is uh, I, I've always seen as a combo of other sort of characters and stuff. So. Here's the here's the uh the the kept woman of the gangster. I'm mm. fascinated by that idea that mm. they went full gangster and made that be the barrier between the love that the that the Kessel Run is basically uh you know something that a gangster sent him on right. uh that his love of his life is sort of a, a kept woman in that. Now, what's great is we see, spoiler alert, uh, that she takes over the organization at the end of that movie, which yeah. is amazing. Like she's kind of the head. Of, well, she's not the head of Crimson Dawn, but still, that's that's really cool. Uh, now, it has always shocked me when she suddenly shows up at that party um, because I thought the whole movie was going to be about finding her. And so then they just end up at the same party. And I was like, wow, that is not the dramatic twist I was expecting. Uh, But I've made my peace with that moment. That's probably my least favorite moment of solo uh, because then we move on to the adventure with Kira, uh, with Han and Kira and they don't hit it over the head. Uh, if, if, If it was directed by a different director, they might have the idea that, uh, that this Kessel Run is also a way to get Kira away from uh, from Dryden Voss. You know that that's something that's going to have to be dealt with later. Right. Um, I, I got to tell you, man. The it, one of my favorite images of that movie is her walking off that Millennium Falcon with that red cape. That yeah. is one of the coolest Star Wars looks. She just looks fantastic, and she looks. Uh, 
half Imperial, half uh, Lando. And uh, oh, that's yep. so great. Uh, and, and, and her name, which I, again, don't have memorized because I'm not reading it. Uh, but he had kind of a, a, a play on the old prequel titles of some of the uh, separatists uh, as well. Now, the, Oksana, yeah, no. Florin. Oksana Florin, oh. the oh, hold on a second. I had this memorized at one time because I just adored this line. I am Oksana Florin, the uh, executive assistant to the vice admiral for the Federation of Trade Route Allocation and Monetization. Is that a great line or what? <laughs> fun. It's a funny. I mean, it's a real big laugh line. That's a funny, funny line. And, and real some Star Wars meta stuff there too. No, her presence in the movie just, I don't know, continues to reward me and, and what it means. And, and I want more Kira storytelling. I want I want more Infus Ness storytelling as well. I love the character of Infus Ness. We probably don't even have time, Adam, to talk about that because I just so love. Uh, what what Infus brings to the story and what she represents. Yeah, it's a yeah. completely original uh, uh, idea. Uh, the, the biker gang, first yeah. of all, was not a genre that they ever went into in the in the other one. And I just love that there's a biker gang and that it's that gang. And that gang is designed, every part of Solo is designed within an inch of its life and photographed within an inch of its life. That is one of the most lushly photographed Star Wars movies. Oh. Uh, it pro- probably uh, almost... Uh, I would say Rise of Skywalker is actually one of the most photographed Star Wars movies, but this one's even better because all the compositions are like, of course we love Han Solo walking in with the holster in the frame. We get two of those shots. So that's how much they know. We love it. Uh, No, Bradford did an amazing job. No, I I say this. I I love seven and eight, nine. I love how they look. I think last Jedi is an art piece all the way through rise of Skywalker as well. uh, And their use of colors. But I got, yeah, Bradford Young also, and also uh, with, uh, um, was it Greg Frazier and Rogue One? Those are my two favorite looking Star Wars movies. Yeah. Um, They just, uh, they just feel good. They get that used universe thing down so well. Uh, And uh, I mean, think at the, you know, we know in our heads, there's this legendary card. It's just like Clone Wars. Uh, Kenobi mentions Clone Wars and you go, oh my God, I want to see that someday. And then you get to. Uh, It's same thing with the steel. I I stole her from you. uh, I got her from you fair and square. All this stuff. Lost her in a card game. And the mind reels. The young mind, Star Wars mind reels. And oh, what was that card game like? And it can't disappoint. And look at the production design of that card game that little casino all those aliens around the uh, table oh my god it's yeah. just it's like something out of a dream and they really play the card game and he really wins the falcon it's yeah awesome. no it's great and, and and the big themes at the end as we start to wrap up the discussion we could go on this is mm-hmm. what adam and i did at saddle ranch <laughs> why people were, were riding that mechanical bull we were just in the, in the corner having a love fest over solo what we love about it they're the themes and what it brings i've talked often i'll, I'll bore people bring it up again but just uh, actually seeing the empire and its oppression on a different level and a less military yeah. level, but a resource level and a family level and a person and an individual and a culture level to see that down, which is what Infus Ness represents. It was Joseph Grimshaw who said it so perfectly uh, early on in, on force center of just the, the, you know, the hyper fuel represents like Infus Ness says, but it represents the hope. It represents the rebellion. It re- represents fighting back. It is not just a MacGuffin of what they're chasing. It, it, it's a powerful use of that. Um, so yeah, th- as far as the big theme, um, I still say the empire is the enemy in that movie because it is what it is what they have wrought on the galaxy that is present all the way through it. Well, and the one thing, again, <clears throat> this is why people say, oh, this is creatively bankrupt. We never really saw in Star Wars the ramifications of an empire. Uh, 
of of an imperial now and i was too young to know uh what happened in world war ii or anything like that or anything that's being referred referred to as stormtroopers things like that but here we are we actually get to see the conquering of a planet which the the empire needs for something and just throwing those troops at it we get to see a real vietnam war sequence in a star wars movie and it's always been in the background it's always been referred to but when people say why make these movies i'm like i haven't seen that yet i love that and the fact that other people would the the other han solos would be there trying to run some scam and that, that that's what he uses to get out you know yeah i love that some other han solos oh yeah the minbon stuff i i could i could live in that a little bit longer too i i, I absolutely could i know there's a lot of stuff cut and that character kelso was kind of the heavier gunner, heavier gunner heavy heavy gunner a little bit more in the books obviously they cut and the minbanese the minbanese people i mean they're they're if you go into the resource books there's great photographs of the minbanese people and we don't see any of that and star wars never gets too much into the actual like slavery is mentioned in phantom menace but it doesn't want to be a movie about slavery right. however uh this one you know and this one doesn't is going to show you the burning of the Mimbanese villages, yeah. but uh, it is what's going on there. It is they are trying to overtake a planet full of people. <laughs> so. no, absolutely. And it's a Honda that captain, you know, we're, we're, we're the invaders kind of thing here. Um, love it, man. Love it. We could go on and on. Um, I just love yeah, we're it. Really good. <laughs> we talked about uh, the stuff we talked about up front was really important. And being honest, I, I, I've tried to be a you know, force center is known for a positive environment. We tried to um, we try to keep that going, but I, I got to tell you, I, I, and, and longtime listeners have kind of felt my frustrations. It's, I just think I've been, and, and Joseph too, and, and Jennifer, who, you know, not on regular programming, but hopefully be back soon. Um, you know, just the, 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 oh, your positive has become a pat on the head. That is, oh, that's cute. You're a positive Star Wars fan. Get out of here with your lollipop. And I just feel, no, that's not just what we're doing here. We're diving in and celebrating and being Star Wars fans and being okay with that. And just and not only being okay with it, but celebrating it literally every day. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I and I and I feel that's kind of where your heart's at too, as well. It just keeps giving and giving and giving. If you do want to be a Star Wars fan, if you want to drop this facade that you don't like Rise of Skywalker, like it's so predictable that uh, uh, Palpatine's granddaughter and uh, Vader's grandson would fight, I'm like, that is such a surprise. That is so fantastic. That is exactly what you'd want to see as a kid. Yeah. But um, but yeah, if you want to drop that facade, you know, that's it's there's so much to love there. And and the you know, we we went wide a field of solo here, but I feel it all plays into the same thing, which is that um Star Wars is a lot of things. Star Wars is many notes on a keyboard and JJ plays certain notes and and you know some of the notes hadn't been played since the original. Um you know and and Rogue One plays a lot of notes that hadn't been played since the original, particularly in Giacchino's score. He literally takes a uh, little three-note passages of John Williams and turns them into themes, which is amazing. But that's also what that whole movie does also. Um oh. but yeah. Yeah, it's a, I have a lot of love for it, and I will talk about Star Wars with anybody. I know I I know I play that sort of uh, gruff thing, but I have been brought back around from you know uh, not wanting to talk about it with the sort of uh, the people who didn't like Phantom Menace because they just the uh, they just weren't on the level. But people have come back around now. It's yeah. it's it's now become multiple things. The 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 people who liked the prequels or never knew they were bad, you know, like the, uh, the new movies as well. So and there's so many people that just love star Wars the right way. They're all out there. I love it. I think that's the theme of our talk. What did you call it? The intellectual curiosity of love and star Wars. 
There we go. That's a title. That's the title. That's the journey. Adam, we're almost out of here. Thank you for stopping by Fourth Center and Spotlight Star Wars. I want to let everyone know where they can find and follow you. Uh, You and Paul Preston did a great Star Wars play-by-play, a sports version of A New Hope, which is spectacular. Uh, If you're listening to this right now, then you would definitely love, if you subscribe to the Movie Guys podcast feed, you can hear the audio version. Uh, If you look up the Movie Guys on uh, Vimeo or Facebook, we've posted our Vimeo link where we did sync up the uh, video if you want to see the video with it. Um, And uh, to go back to, to bring it back to Solo, one of my favorite lines in that is... um, uh, we mention as this because it's a sports play by play of the entire movie of Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, when I go down the bio of Han Solo, I say, uh, Han Solo, uh, given his last name by uh, one of the port guards at, uh, at one of the facilities, a guy who's named all the greats from the uh, duo twins to the uh, trio triplets. He even named Porkins. So, anyway. <laughs> Deep cuts and it Deep works. Cuts. And it works. So there you go, folks. Follow Adam uh, and uh, Paul Preston and an entire movie guys uh, crew. Uh, they have a, you have a, your website, right? So you can go to there. Probably easier. Yeah, movieguys.net. That's uh, everything's on there. Movieguys.net. Give Adam a follow as well on Twitter. You were just yeah. uh, what are you on Twitter? Adam Witt? I can't remember. Uh, uh, Adam on underscore Witt. That's yeah. it. It's the underscore Adam uh, underscore yeah, Witt. <laughs> Give him a follow. Talk Star Wars with the guy. He just wants someone to love Star Wars with people. Please, please. It's so much fun. Join us. Join us. Seriously. Uh, and, and and if you join us as a bonus, I'll tell you my theory on midichlorians. It'll turn that whole argument around for you. Trust me. Ooh, we'll go into that one day, too. So. <laughs> yeah. All you right. got to hear it. <laughs> thanks, Adam. Uh, for right, thanks, friends, uh, keep listening here to Spotlight Star Wars. And there you go. Thanks again to Adam Witt of the Movie Guys for stopping by and talking about the intellectual curiosity of loving Star Wars. I don't even know if that sentence makes complete sense, but it's the title of this episode because it makes sense in my heart, my soul, and my Star Wars loving brain. We are almost out of here. I do want to uh, thank uh, Sean Arnold a.k.a. Old Handsaw, for this song that I use here and on the Data Pit, which will return very soon. It's called Mando vs. Mad Max, and I appreciate him uh, sharing his talent with me for this uh, sub-theme of Spotlight Star Wars and the Data Pit here on Force Center. You can uh, visit his uh, Tee Public store, which he's got some great stuff at tpublic.com slash user slash Sean. Thanks again, Mr. Old Handsaw. We, uh, like I said, are almost out here, but I want to remind you again, if you want to support Force Center with your own T-shirts, with your own Force Center shirts or masks, you need a mask, slap Force Center on your face. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Pretty simple. We'll be there for you. Also want to remind you that we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Force Center. If you want to support us there, the uh, things we accomplish through there are, are, are because of you. And we thank you so much for that. But as I always say here and on my other podcast, the Knapsack Files, Box Score Heroes, the Afternoons, Josh Ken Amanda, wherever I'm talking, casterly talk, uh, I always say the best way to support is just listen, download, share, give a thumbs up, a like, a subscription, a review. Or more importantly, just tell a friend about Force Center. That's it for this week on Spotlight Star Wars. We'll see you next time, my friends. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.